Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. I have the unofficial TikTok star, Jonathan Forever, in the house. Retirement TikTok star. We don't even know what he does, guys, but we're going to have an amazing conversation. It's really great to have you back again, brother. I'm excited to be here, man. It's always great catching up with you. So, dude, since we talked last time, something happened. What something happened? Bi- something bigger happened. I got LASIK. I got LASIK on Friday. Well, that I that happened see. for sure, but you left your W-2, man. Oh my God. Was it that long ago that we did this? Yes, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, how does that feel? How does that feel, man? Like serious, like, like, no, like don't, don't sugarcoat it. Don't BS it. Like, cause I know you're always on to the next, you're traveling, you're enjoying your life, but like that had to be a big moment for you. You know, at the beginning, I was really nervous. I was nervous for months because I realized it was the first time in 27 years that the the umbilical cord was unplugged, you know? Like I realized that it was the first time in my whole life I had no structure. And Oof. being an entrepreneur in a company, you know, if you do sales, you may have a little bit less structure, but I was nervous. Even though I felt like okay, I got I have the hustle, like I have skills that I've acquired, but still when when you're out there on your own with no coverage, it's all these first time questions. I would say now it's, it's very, not even very different. It's eight, eight or nine months, but, um, totally different like view on it now. But at the beginning I was, I was relieved, um, maybe like 40%, 30%, but I was nervous, man. There was, there was a transition and it was not, um, as easy as I expected. So I tell everybody, um, there's two things that always find a place. If you don't make a place for them, time and money. Mm. And, you know, the hardest thing that I've seen, cause I coach a lot of people that have left their job. It is that pure, uh, cause, cause what happens is you feel like you're shot out of a cannon because your time bucket goes from, I don't have any to, I have all in the world. And then you overwork yourself, mm. right. Or then you beat yourself up for overworking yourself or you're not working enough. And it's just like, you're, you're like swinging on both sides of the pendulum and you kind of have to, you know, life's about rhythm. You have to kind of find your rhythm to things, right? Mm. And when you kind of like, because I never, you know, somebody asked me this morning, they were like, hey, could you lead a goal goal setting workshop for our coaching group? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't do no. that. I don't, I don't do, I don't do I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I win the day and it's those small things. And so I would imagine that you have certain metrics, even though you do enjoy your time, I would imagine you have certain metrics that you had to create in your life to kind of feel like you're, 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 you're handling what you need to hand tool but enjoying mm-hmm. yourself at the same time. You know, it was it was weird timing because for me, I actually was hustling as hard as I ever had been until that point. And then when I left the job, it was actually the exact week that I closed on the last property that I felt like would comfortably set me, quote unquote, financially free. So I actually was working the hardest I'd ever worked from the day COVID started until about... 14 months after when the job and I parted ways. But then after it was a little bit of like 
reflecting. I did take some time off and actually relax, you know, but um, that was really because I was a little burned out from the last year and a half of like seeing COVID as this major opportunity to kind of compress long-term goals. And I, I still feel like there's there's like shakeout of the ability to do that with working from home or like flexibility from COVID, but that was my outlook of it. So I, I literally didn't do anything during COVID other than work to try to set this up so that it could be running in a way that I wanted to after. And then in taking time off, you know, I started focusing on some other things. And part of that was creating content. TikTok was a completely unexpected thing and has led to so many cool opportunities now. And then also doing more branding stuff. But yeah, it was a weird like time to just make that transition and think about, okay, like what is the next thing? And I actually always had a little bit of like during my W2 job, a good handle on time, time management, because I used to play this game with myself. I probably picked it up from Tim Ferriss, like a version of it. But every week in my corporate job, I was trying to do my corporate job in 10 hours or less. And I would ask myself, if someone had a gun to my family's head, how could I do the job in 10 hours? Because what I would do is every week when I hit 10 hours of work on corporate, I would just shut my laptop and I would open up my entrepreneur laptop. And if it needed to be dealt with, it would just roll to the next week from the corporate like side of things. So I was really diligent with time management. And then, yeah, I mean, going into like setting goals. Now I have a, a new, I feel like connection with my why and like what's energizing me. But over the summer um, and like, you know, spring and fall, I was a little bit, I would say more on like step back mode and kind of assessing everything. But now I feel almost like life is like the seasons to your point. Like mm-hmm. in the winter, I always, I always find myself kind of back into the hustle. Well, you know, just maybe yeah. it's a New York mentality. Weather's bad. You can't do as much. I can't play golf. So it's like, that's what you do. It gets dark. Yeah. You know, you got to grind, but um, yeah, that's, that's just right now here and there. I, I equate it to, um, I have many speeds. I'm like mm. a, I'm like a, I'm like a performance race car. And when I feel it's time to slam the pedal to the thing and put the RPMs up, I go hard. But then when I'm off, like I'm way off, <laughs> there's no, like, you know, I guess the thing that I work on a daily basis is the middle ground, right. Is like, and so you know, I had a call with my coach on Monday and, and one of the things that we were talking about is like, he said something very profound to me. He said that physically you've created the life that you want mentally. You're still not there yet. Mm. Meaning your schedule equates to you're really busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with free rain on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but your mind hasn't learned how to turn off Thursday, Friday yet. So like physically you've created the world that you want to live in, but until you embody it, fully completely then you won't be the exact version of yourself that you're looking for and i thought that was super profound um yeah i mean i'm i'm obviously still figuring out first year in entrepreneurship i had an idea of what i think i want to do going forward which would be 7 to 8 months of like i would say work months where i can be living maybe in colombia or living in florida or new york but those are still months that i'm like still a little more focused on bigger projects. And I want to go hard on those during those times. But then for me, just being a golfer and that being an important part of my life, I think the way I would like to set it up would be then from like May to September, that's like an off period where things can run without me. If I choose to work, it's like just maybe a little bit of a like a have to do instead of like a want to do. But the other time during like the winter months, I, I think I, I do enjoy putting my head down and working on projects. You know, I need something, man. Like it's, it's that old expression, like, 
like idle time is the devil's workshop or idle hands of devil's work. Like I don't do well when I just have nothing to do like period, you know, and I know a lot of people fall into the busy trap, but like, you know, if you can find something that makes you money, you're good at doing something you like doing to then use for your busy time. I think it's just a good solution or kind of like a healthy solution to that. But for me, I like to do something. If it's either golf or travel or work, I enjoy it, you know, and it's, it's nice to not have to do it, but it's, it's just something that now, like I wouldn't have met you if I wasn't like kind of working in, in stuff I like doing and meeting people. So I don't know. I, I just need something. I always need a one thing. I always need a project. Otherwise I feel like my mind just, just like slows down. I feel like I start getting dumb and I start feeling just like, like bad thoughts. I don't want that. Yeah. And I think, I think ultimately like that picture that everybody saw, you know, especially when I was growing up, you know, that picture of everybody sold, you of like, hey, go to the beach and like unplug. And like, I did that and it fucking sucks. Like, like I was in Costa Rica and I was like, this is, I don't like Dude. this at all. Like not even, not, like not even for a minute. Like I have Dude. to get so stoned to chill out. Like, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, I always equate Bobby Bowden. Like Bobby Bowden mm. was my shit, bro. Like I love Florida State back in the day, like when I was growing up, like Charlie Ward, fucking all those ballers, you know? Oh, and he said, they said, hey, you know, when are you going to give up coaching? And he goes, why? I love it. Like it gives me life. And it's like, you're all searching for that thing, but like you might be living the life that you're dreaming of, like as you speak right now. Dude, I, I can't agree with that like enough. And I fought that for a long time because I was reading the personal development books and I was listening. I think there's, there's a, you have to find it for yourself, especially in like a new business. Like all the, all the self-help books are like meditate, hike, read. Okay. They, they all say that. What I found is reading, I learn better from video. So even though everyone's saying you got to read to be successful, I'm like, you know what? I read tons of books, but if I want to actually learn, I need to talk to people and I need to watch content. That's how I learn and take action. So right there, then I was like, I don't enjoy hiking. Like I tried it. Everyone's like, you got to do it. You got to get outside. I'm like, you know what? I like golf. So like self-awareness that, and then like meditating, like I tried it for a year. Again, for me taking walks by myself with no yes. phone that worked Dude. better. So it's just like, it, there's, there's a lot that I think you can, you can try and brainstorm and then find it for yourself. And then the last thing is like, I don't, for me, everyone's like, oh, like, you know, have fun or like go to a, like a, like a beer garden or like, you know, go to a bar. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that stuff. Like if, if I don't, if, if per, for me personally, I'd rather just like do a dinner with people or whatever. Like, but I think it's, it's easy when you're hearing about all the ways that people kind of embody success or the way it should be done to get caught up in that, you know? And it's just like, you know, it takes time and some of it you need to find some of it you need to experiment with. And then, you know, you'll, you'll talk to people that may be in positions that you are and you can figure it out. But I don't know. I just, for me, it took a little bit of time to figure out and also then have the confidence just to be like, I don't like doing these things that people say you should do, but I like doing what I like to do. And then that's how I'm going to spend my time. So true. Sing, the single greatest thing that I think personally has set me on my path the last like year and a half at least is is the walking in the morning. It's not mm. a, it's it's not an option. Doesn't matter where I am. Doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter if it's a blizzard out there. Like I need it because it's like my I don't know. It's hard to describe because I'm not saying I'm sitting there like staring at the birds and stuff. Like half the time I'm listening to a book or mm. or, or watching some content or like posting about something. 
but there is a, um, I don't know. It's just like my mental exercise, like for my brain and like, kind of like get me out and, and stuff like that. And I don't think I would feel the same way if I just went straight into my office mm. and started getting in. Like, this is like, the, I love what I do, but I also love who I am outside of my work too. And, and one of the things me and my girlfriend talk about a lot is how Americans love labels. Mm. They love labels. You know, well, you're this, well, you're that. Like, no, actually, I'm none of those things, you know, like I'm just me. And and so that part of about self-awareness that you're talking about, I think that's everything because nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. But if you know what works for you and you feed into more of that, then I think you'll get where you need to go. It's probably the most important thing. You know, if you think about any skill, like it would, it would be at the top because then you can come up with a plan. If you have self-awareness, then you can figure out what you need. But if you don't, take the time to think about that. And some of it can come th- from coaching, from thinking, from talking to people, of like getting outside perspectives on, you know, you, I remember when I was first starting this entrepreneurial journey, I sent out a survey to like 50 people. And I was literally asking them candidly, like, what do you think my strengths and weaknesses are? And just rip me a new one. Literally just tell me where I'm a complete freak and that you hate me. And also tell me where you think I'm great. And I'm doing a lot of good stuff. And I have strengths because, you know, we have an idea in our head but sometimes it's different. And that actually did help. You know, it kind of reinforced some things that I sort of already felt, but then there were a couple of new things. But, you know, I think anything we can do to get a better handle of self-awareness and, you know, a path for ourselves um, is the shortcut, is the cheat, and will probably make you a happier person. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know look, it's a delicate dance because i think as the ceo and the visionary i think you need to know enough to be dangerous but i don't think you need to be bogged down like one yeah. of the one of my big one of my big pillars for next year is to understand um financial performance and modeling right because we're buying big hotels mm. like my mentor's like hey you can't just throw dog shit on my email like mm. you need it needs to be vetted out you need to know that it's a deal and like part of me wants to tell him like you know, shove it in your, you know what? And then part of me tells me like, if I want to be the next best version of myself, I need to know enough where I can understand it. So I can cut out, you know, it's really about saving time. That's what he's asking. It's not, has nothing to do with like, Austin, you need to be, you know, you need to be Mike Travella, you know, like the, the greatest CPA underwriter. No, he's just saying like, you need to know that like within five seconds, whether or not I actually need to look at this or not, which I think that takes some, it's a hard conversation. For sure. I'm not saying it was fun. That conversation was not, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm, but I'm grown up enough to know that like, that is an area that I would like to, you know, if I want to buy businesses, if I want to continue on now, one of the things that we talk about, I think we talked about it last time we were golfing is this new idea that I'm on the last couple of weeks is that we can be a prisoner to our own vision. Right. And I think that meaning um, you know, you and I talk about every time we get together, all we do is talk about like, do you need to scale? Do you need to go crazy? Like there's some days I really wish I was just a salesman and I didn't want to like impact the world. I didn't want to leave a legacy. Like, do you ever fight with that? Like back and forth of like, I'm, I'm doing too much or I'm, I'm not where I need to be. Or like, I need to do more. Like, do you ever fight with that back and forth in your head? You know, I, I was a lot like three months ago, I was back and forth between, do I, do I want to build this huge thing? And do I just want to be like an anonymous, you know, wealthy person? 
Um, I actually feel right now could change the next time we do one of these. I feel actually pretty at peace with where I want to be, which is just keeping a very small team, a lean team, a lean business with really high margins in everything we do and just doing it in a smart way that can impact a lot of people. So I, I have zero interest in having a big company. I have zero interest in having a lot of employees, but I do have financial goals and I do in some cases, like the niceties that come along with having money. Um, but I just think that there are ways that can, you know, you can you achieve know that. Why, do you want to know why you want to create that thing? Yeah, like right now I want to, I want to join three country clubs. There's three country no, no, clubs no. I want to join. I, no, I get that. But do you want to know why you want to keep your companies that way? Because you, you value being able to pivot when you need to. Yeah, that's probably it. I personally, I don't want people problems. That's that's the main <laughs> well, reason. That's, that's people, definitely here. People that's suck. People yeah. suck. You know, like I, I th- there's different types of problems <laughs> and I don't want, because, you know, here's the thing. People require trading time for money. People require phone calls. They require handholding. They require training. So I want a small, tight circle of people around me that can be great, can train, can document, can systematize. But for me, um, I just I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze when it comes to bringing a big people in. Like if you ever, th- this is very profound. I, someone said this to me, and it was so interesting. You don't want clients; you want customers. And when you recognize the difference in that, your entire world can change. That's why SaaS companies are worth a billion dollars, and marketing companies that have to design work each time individually for someone are worth one fiftieth of that. Because it's a bad business model compared to having something that can scale and not be people dependent. And one of my friends really helped me understand that because he just got out of his marketing agency. He was depressed for two years because he was in a client business. And now he's getting only into SaaS businesses that are customer businesses. And that for me was was really interesting. It's also why now I'm doubling down on YouTube, digital products, TikTok, because those can scale and they're not people related. They're not trading time directly for money. They are unscheduled activities. So for me, and, and same with Airbnb and the same with you know building out a system for the wholesaling business. But yeah, I mean, it definitely to your point, it might take away your ability to pivot and leverage, but I just, I don't want anyone to call me. I don't want anyone random to be like, hey, this is the problem. No, like, so like it's just I want the good stuff. So that's and I know business. There's not always and you know I deal with problems. But like in a perfect world, if we're asking like what's what's you, you know euphoric or you know like utopia business, it would be that. I don't want a big team. I don't want a big like you know potential issue there. But if you can keep high margins and have it run the smart way, I don't think you necessarily need that. Yeah, we're super similar. I, I think this is why I'm like falling in love with affiliate marketing. I think this is why I'm like affiliate marketing dude, is unbelievable, dude. Let me tell you something right now. You don't even know what I'm bringing out to the table, bro. Mm. Like I just found, I just found, I'm building a website for it. I just found out that we can get five G's for one Amazon store every time we recommend an Amazon store to this company. I'm like, dude, like that's one product of one of a hundred. Like, dude, I'm building out a team. Like we're like, this is the, in my opinion, I think this is, and I, by the way, 90% of this is focused towards SaaS companies. Dude, it's the reason why I think right now the most important you don't skills own anything. to learn. You don't the, own anything. Dude, it's I amazing. think the most important skills to learn right now are advertising in, in like 2022 digital and brand building. Those are the two ways. Basically that's that, all it is, is free and paid attention 
or organic and paid attention. I think if you can get good at those two skills, you will never have to trade time for money again. If you don't want to, if you want to, like I, I was talking to someone else about this, you know, he's like, my dad's a doctor and he loves it. And you know what? I was even thinking when I had LASIK, the guy that does it, he's worth like $40 million. He enjoys doing it. He enjoys helping people. So in that case, yes, it's amazing. But for those that don't, and that's where I feel like a lot of people that connect with my messages, if you don't, then don't do it. If you do, then do it. But yeah, I think if you can just like affiliate marketing, man, Dude, pff, insane. Yeah, I, tell you, I tell you right now. So I had lunch. Uh, I introduced this guy uh, who's a great chiropractor out of California. We had lunch. He's in Jake and Gino and Anthony introduced me and we got to talking and, and, you know, he's like, Hey, what do you think? You know, you know me, I'm always, you know, trying to help people and stuff. And so he's got a great, great practice. And he was like, so I have two options. He goes, what happened was, is I couldn't get anybody to market my fucking business. They didn't understand it because they weren't fucking doctors. He's like, mm. I went through like three agencies. So he said, I started doing my own marketing. And then three other doctors asked me to do their marketing. Hmm. And he goes, what do you think I should do? Scale the marketing or scale my friend, my, my business. And I go, uh, hello, uh, 90% of what your marketing can be outsourced and you don't have to be location dependent and you could make 30 times the money. And he was like, I never thought I would go to chiropractor school to be a marketer, but think about this. There's no marketers that are chiropractors doing mm. what they actually need to see the business from a doctor's point of view. And he's like, this is gold because now I can move to Tahoe full time and I don't have to live in the place I don't want to live into and I can work from anywhere. And he was like, this is crazy. And I was like, Dude, it's yeah. back to self-awareness. It's back to self-awareness. What we were talking about before. I see people that get into real estate because they want passive income or they want cash flow, And then they, they go straight into multifamily or they go straight into flipping and you know, at the end of the day, then you could say, well, what if you could make the same amount of money doing the same thing with less time? But they, and I did this too, was, was kind of locked into the identity part of it of, well, yes. maybe I'm not as interested in the money. I'm interested in the identity of it. But then it's like, is that true? Or are we sort of telling ourselves some sort of lie? There are a lot of different ways to make money, but if you're looking for kind of like, the way to do it, it may, it just needs to align with whatever your end goal is, you know, and that could be passive active or the activity that you like doing to actually generate that money for yourself. But I feel like back to that point, if people can get clear on that, they'll have a much easier time and they'll be happier with whatever choice they make. Guys, you know what, man, I have been in this short-term rental game for so long. I, you know what, I think I'm paying the light bills over at Airbnb and home away and those companies they're, the fees are getting ridiculous and the only way to do that is to stop building your uh, real estate on somebody else's platform and my man mark simpson book direct playbook the book is coming out and this is a no brainer we got the hotels the hotels do 50% uh, direct booking on our website because of the tips and tricks that he's taught us with marketing and so on and so on i've got a preview of this book it is a game changer Make sure you check it out, dude. You won't regret keeping more of your money for yourself. Because, because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all searching for that one thing. It's freedom. And it's not, it's not freedom mm. from like, I don't do anything. It's freedom from choice. It's choice. Now, here's the rub, though, is that 90% of y'all don't realize that you're already free. You just don't lean into it. Really? Okay. I want to hear what that means because I, okay. I don't think okay. most people are free they're they're not free from their responsibilities but ultimately they're free in their mind if they choose to be 
It's okay. their attach. It's their attachment to the identity of the job or what the paycheck says to them that allows them to not be free. But ultimately, you have a choice, and I'll I'll, I'll lay it on you. Aubrey Marcus and Ed Bylett had an amazing pie, one of the best I've ever listened to. And he said, you could not eat mm. and that's your choice. You would die. You could not drink water and you would die, but that's still your choice. He goes, the problem with is everybody's walking around bitching and moaning like they don't have a choice. You're the one that puts yourself in the house. You're the one that bought the car you couldn't afford. You're the one that has credit card debt. You could get rid of all I that see. shit and you <clears> could just be ultimately free, but you're too worried about what the status symbol of your fucking car and your house means to the society when guess what? Nobody gives a fuck because they're worried about themselves. So Sucks. you have a choice. It's an ultimate freedom choice. You know, I, the guy you just met, the guy that you just met before on this call made a choice that I was going to leave my job as an established multifamily broker because I didn't like the people in the office. And now he's made 300 K in eight months and they live off 3000 bucks a month. He don't have to work for the next two years because he made a choice to choose freedom and be a present father over what the status symbol of a multifamily broker man. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, the, for it's just, there's, there's so much to say on that. Like for me, the year I made the most money, I had the nicest things. I was the unhappiest. And now I make, I don't make as much as I made then. Cause that was like a stupid kind of thing that happened, but by the hour, I make way more, but I have the, I wear the same shirt every day. Like I, I've said this, like jokingly, I, I, I realized more that like the things aren't doing it for me. Like, I, and, and, you know, you can test it for yourself because sometimes people may actually love the watch or love the car. By the way, I'm, I'm getting rid of this brightly. I might do a giveaway next week. So if anyone you know wants to talk about that, we'll brainstorm. I, for me, I don't like the stuff though. This, this stuff doesn't do it for me. So you know, again, back to that self-awareness thing, but yes, if you really live a lean life, kind of like we we're talking about before the lean business, what I found, it just, it, it reduces stress because you don't have to worry about the overhead. You don't have to worry about doing the thing because you, you, you need get the money. To, you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, is this making me happy? Is this giving me energy? Yes or no. And a lot of times when people feel like they're forced to do it for the money, it's the support, the stupid stuff that you're talking about. Another love- example, just, just one, one quick example of this that yeah. I realized, like, yeah, I had, I, and I, I said at the beginning, I had LASIK last week. Okay. I can't remember the last thing that has made me this happy. And it's <laughs> yes, money did give me the opportunity to, to, to get laser beam shot into my eyeballs, but that wasn't a materialistic thing. And literally like, I don't care. You could give me 20 Rolexes. It wouldn't make me as happy as having my eyesight back. So it's just like experience people. Well, what do they, like, they work with? What do they say? Like, they say like, uh, you know, a rich person wants a thousand things an unhealthy person needs one thing. Like, you know, what's interesting. And I agree. And this is not scalable in the long term when I have kids and everything, but you know why I love coaching because it's innately my time. Mm. Here's the time. No, I don't have anybody to answer to. I get to show up, be present for my clients, affect their life. I get paid for my services and I'm out the side door. Like when it comes to the businesses I'm trying to create, it's how are you feeling this day? Well, what is the client going to think here? What there's so like, don't get me wrong. I love it and I'm going to do it, but I've always made myself a promise that six years I'm like, I'm like an NFL quarterback right now. 45 is my, is my get it's going to be a big decision for me. I'm going to sell what I don't want to, and I'm going to keep what I want. And then the next 
40 years of my life is going to be a hundred percent service-based meaning, meaning serve, not service, serve where I'm going to be supporting high school, middle school, uh, elementary kids and financial literacy and investing. That's what I want to do with my life. I've made a, I made a decision that 50 years old from then on, I'm going to be a father. Mm. I'm going to impact lives and I'm probably going to do it for free. Like that's, I made a decision. Like I spent enough time in turmoil and enough abusing myself with alcohol and drugs that it's the same question I ask everybody that I coach when you're dead and gone, what do you want? What do you want them to say about you? Mm. And in my opinion, I have a dream. You want to hear my dream? This is my dream. Let's hear it. I want to be in Italy in a small town living in my villa. And I want to be walking down the street at 65 years old on a cobblestone street. And I want somebody to yell out, Holy shit. That's Austin fucking Lenny from across the street. (laughs) Right. And I want him to run up to me and I want to go, I don't know who the fuck you are. Mm. And he goes, no, you don't know me, but you coached Jay and Jay is now my coach and he changed my life. And I'm forever grateful because I'm now sober because of him. Mm. So you making him the best version of himself created the life that I'm leading. And it's the ripple effect of impact. What are you leaving when you walk off this earth? That's deep. That's real. That's not just trading time for money. It's trading time for impact, which I could do. Very different. Yeah. Which I can do because then guess what? Tell me how you're going to beat me. You're not because I'm not, I'm not burning off the same fuel that you are. That's why you get burnt out guys. That's why it's Mm. stop and start because the fuel that you're burning is an absolute. So true. The reason could be wrong. You know, the whole, the whole why or the foundation of it. And so I think that when I look at you and I look at your brand and I look at what you bring to the world, you know, one of the things that I think that you specialize in and I could take uh, some, some notes on, I think that you are, you are an amazing community builder. Like, I really think that you understand, you know, maybe it's your service-based mindset, but I, you know, talk about like, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there, you know, Mm. there's a lot of different stuff. Like, you know, and I get really like back and forth with Facebook groups, but I feel like yours, that sustained impact and like energy within your group, like has stayed like for the long go, you know, I think a lot of people have got value out of it. How do you do that? You know, everybody wants their own kind of paid their own traffic and stuff like that. Like what, what's the secrets behind a community? You know, when I like back to self-awareness, when I look back at what I've always been comfortable doing, it I you know, some people like you hear you hear the expression in sales, like, oh, do you get satisfaction from getting the trophy or giving the trophy? It's like a corporate sales kind of slogan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, should you be in sales or management? I've always gotten satisfaction out of bringing people together, connecting people or organizing the platform as much of maybe if not more than like having the conversations myself. Um, and I also feel less pressure in it. Like, I think if you can do it the right way, you can remove yourself from a lot of it, but you're still remembered in a good way. So as far as like the Facebook group and the groups that we've done, like on Instagram or, you know, any of the smaller groups, um, one, I like the idea that it does scale and that it is like better for community. But I feel like if you can 
create an environment where people don't feel like any, they're only there for support. You know, like it's a reason why I don't use bigger pockets anymore because I feel like that community turned in my opinion, like snobbish and like the forums became like a high nose contest and like a, a criticized contest where that's not conducive to getting the best result and actually getting help for your problems or it was like a joke. So I, I don't know. I just found like if you gave people an opportunity to feel comfortable talking openly, discussing their problems. Um, one, one thing I've struggled with in that community is like at the beginning, I would, I would be posting more myself. And now I'm you know always wondering like how much should I be posting or, you know, are they there for my solutions or to hear my questions too? And that's something I kind of go back and forth on. But anyway, I feel like just setting the guidelines and then, you know, we're also very strict with what people can post or can't post um, and, you know, removing people, you know, with no kind of strike policy that's helped keep, I'd say like the gates kind of set and, you know, people feel good about it. And then from there, um, you know, it leads to a lot of other kind of, you know, content and people being brought in and showing what they've done or, you know, like checking out other stuff. So it's been a fun way. And it's just like, again, scalable. We can, we can have people that do contests and get more people in the groups or we can run ads or whatever, but you know, it's, it's become a fun thing that was really unexpected. I love that. Now we're going to talk about the topic that we could have spent the whole, I might get John angry on this one. This is going to be fun. Um, uh, when people, <laughs> Hey, I want you to be my mentor. <sighs> it's a tough one. It's a really <laughs> tough one, man. I mean, you, know, we, you and I talk about this all the time. You know, nobody's willing to put in the work anymore. They just want to hand it to them. Gift wrapped. They're not falling in love with the results. They're falling in love with the results, not the process. They don't want to hear about the process. You know, I look at the mentor thing of like four or five stages, you know, like the worst thing anyone could do is get no help, do nothing, not even, not even try to fix their problems. That's unfortunately kind of the lowest of the, the totem pole. Then beyond that, I'd say it would be someone that just sends one or two messages to people and they just say, Hey, will you be my mentor? And that's better, but it's, it's not going to really get great results. And then, you know, you move up the ladder of like interacting with people's content, giving them value really going out of your way to provide value and like do some work. But I, I get why people don't do it, but I think it's more like they're just not familiar with the way to do it. They've never been taught on like the way to go about bringing someone value. Um, and, you know, it, it can then be kind of harsh when they feel like they either need to do something in return for time or they need to pay for the time. Um, you know, but I think once you get into this, you realize that people are busy and, if there's only so many people that you can help, there's going to be times where you need to only help the people that give an effort to help themselves. And that's really what it comes down to because you've poured into people, I've poured into people. And ultimately, you know, the people that think that they're doing the one thing to check the box, it's really only hurting them when they're not getting the results that they want by, you know, they have a disconnection between their goal and their actions. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of people get depressed or sad when they're trying to figure out how to achieve their goals is there's a huge disconnection there. So like I, I create tons of content on how anyone can get a mentor in literally one week, you know, but it's just, it's a couple extra steps and, you know, the things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. And that's kind of the way the world works with economics. You know, there's always going to be supply and demand. And luckily, you know, 
there's always going to be people that do the stuff and people that don't do the stuff. And, you know, I think me and you try to pour into people that can do the stuff and they're going to take the steps. Mm-hmm. This has been the hardest thing in my coaching. Cause you know, I have a need, you know, I have a, I have a want to help as many people as possible. And you know, I just had a situation this week. Like I'm, I'm a pretty chill guy. Like, I don't really come at, <laughs> like, I, I know that sounds crazy to say, but I don't really go at people. I don't, I don't like, I don't think that, you know, everybody's going through something. I don't think I need to personally like roast them up. Like, I just don't do that shit, you know, unless you cross me in, in like money or something. But, you know, I had a client who signed up. I bought him the book. I did the vision out for him and everything. And then like 30 minutes before he was supposed to show up for his first call, like made up some bullshit excuse. Mm. And and I didn't respond because I was livid right in that moment. So I took like three hours and kind of like calmed down a little bit. And I was like, hey, look, at the end of the day, you do whatever you want for your family. I'm not, I'm never going to be the one to tell you how to spend your money. But for you to parade out some bullshit excuse, like kiss my ass. And I was mm-hmm. like, more importantly, now you wasted my time. So I got up early for you on the West Coast because you're in Florida because you asked. And now you got me up two hours and I normally get up early. And now you text me 20 minutes. I said, not cool. <laughs> I said, not cool. Don't text me again. Like, I, dude, at the Fair. end of the day, like you're done, bro. You're roasted. Like, and here's what I here's what you don't understand. I'm in a hotel right now building a hospitality hotel empire with a guy I met on Instagram that offered me a 15 minute meeting that mm. I flew across the country for that turned into a three hour meeting. You don't know that the one person that you didn't want to put the effort for in couldn't be the one that changed your entire life. Yeah, man. I mean, I think most people, they get to a breaking point. They want to do as much good as they can. I used to do 14 free calls every Friday for six months. I just put my Calendly out there. I put on every YouTube video, Facebook. And the thing that was fascinating would be half the people wouldn't show up. Yep. But for the people that would, I was happy. And the people that wouldn't, whatever. I, I At the beginning, I was looking at it like it's a time to catch up on stuff or whatever. But I heard an expression that really, you know, it it holds true. It's that people that don't pay, don't pay attention. And it doesn't matter if you're paying with your time. It doesn't matter if you're paying with your energy, paying with your money. It's like when your parent gives you a car, the kid probably you know ends up crashing the car because they don't care about the car or the thing. They didn't do anything to get it. So there's no attachment to it. And that's ultimately why business works and why you know there is a cost. Um, you know, and that's why it's just it makes more sense. I mean, I, I want to help people, but there was the reward of doing it was was like completely like unwound by the annoyance of stuff like that so just wasn't wasn't going to work anymore so and, and at this point i don't want i'm i'm like a nazi with my time i just yeah. I, I won't give it up period it, gary keller says it best saying yes to one thing is saying no to having time with his family and his dog so mm-hmm. what i what i hear with that is yeah anytime that i'm saying yes to this and it's disappointing me that's less time that I could be talking to you. That's less time I could talk to my mom. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in this world. So there's a balance, but yeah, it's, it's a fine line. Alex Hermosi, uh, who's my spirit animal, basically. Mm. I, I'll I only listen to his content these days. Really good. He, he had an amazing YouTube video come out like two days ago that said, people 
on longevity time, when you do a favor, somebody, when you fix the problem in that moment, that's the highest they'll ever view you as fixing the favor. After time goes on, they'll create a mindset of, well, I would have figured it out eventually anyway. So he said, it's not that they don't give a shit about you or they don't value the favor. Like, it's like perfect cerebral. Like five years from now, when I coached the guy two years ago, seven years removed from it, a lot of life's happened. He's going to be like, yeah, fuck Austin. Like, you know, and so he's like, if you know that as the one providing the favor, he says, then you should in turn ask for, you know, the, the testimony of the referral right after you, the coaching's done mm. because they'll be in the highest form because you fix them and stuff like that. And it really reshaped the way I look at stuff because then you, then you're not faulting them or not even looking at anything. Cause you're saying, okay, well, it's whatever they they're removed from said thing. Right. And so I think yes. the expectations is also a big part of it. You know, at this point now, it might sound cynical, but I'd say it's more stoic. I've just, I don't, I don't think expect, you have any expectations of anybody. <laughs> expect nothing from anyone. Like the, the higher you set your hopes in people, the more you're going to be disappointed. And then when they do something great for you, it's just an awesome surprise. But the people that I see that are extremely unhappy and stressed out seem to be way too heavily weighted in the expectations of what they think other people are going to do for them. And then they're constantly disappointed. You know, like I have family members that they have high weight in what people, this person didn't call me back or this person, I always facilitate the relationship to go out to dinner. I'm like, like, what are we even talking about here? Like, you know, it's just, it is what it is. One of my favorite sayings is stop watering the plant next to you for 30 days and see how long you've been watering weeds <laughs> that. And like, that's a huge part of this. I had to learn it. You know, I think it's not really taught, but that's because, a great because, expression because I think ultimately what you're, what this all boils down to you is two things. You're in, you're in full control of who you are and what you do, which is amazing. And then you're fully self-aware of what you need in your life. Yeah. I mean, again, it takes time to learn, but I think, if, if people take one thing from this episode, which is not, I never really talk about this otherwise, or me in general, like you'll be happier if you remove your connection between outcomes and, and your expectations of people. It just is what it is. That's why at the beginning I was like lean team and lean software and lean, you know, whatever, because it's just, it's not it period. Unless you get around amazing people, which they exist. And like, I think me and you do everything we can to cultivate those relationships mm-hmm. and kind of insulate ourselves to those. I put them circles. in the witness protection program. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all, they're all working for me and they're nobody will find out who the fuck they are. And I support them. Like, and I do Gary V man, dude, I'm telling you, man, when I was at my lowest, man, all I did was listen mm. to him at 2 AM for like five hours straight every morning. Mm. He said that when you realize as an employer, you work for them. They don't work for you. That's the way I view everything, dude. I buy them. I buy them courses. I give them bonuses. I give them coaching time. Like I'm cultivating a team that is bought into the vision. Nobody's ever asked me about money. Like they're just like, Hey man, we know we're going to go do great shit. Pour into them. They, then they pour out to the out world. Yeah. I mean, and you know what I like to do? I like to test people. I test people all the time because it's What's an easy, test? What's the test? What I got, I got a good, a funny test for you right here. You're going to love this one. So I I've posted sometimes like I, I hate dating apps. I find it to be annoying. So a lot of times like, um, you know, I'll look for experiments to outsource it. So this kid has been hounding me to 
mentor him, like hounding me. And I'm like, dude, just join Cashflow Community. It's 15 bucks a month. Like you'll be on calls. And he's like, I can't afford it. I'm like, bro, but he's bro. hounding me. He's like, when can we play golf? When can we do this? I'm like, I literally texted him this morning. I'm like, hey, bro. I'm like, it looks like you have a hot girlfriend. I'm like, do you have game? I'm like, do you pull? He's like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, well, I need some help messaging on Bumble and Hinge. Like, if if you could do that for me, I'll put you in cash flow community for free. And that would be a value add. Okay. And I'm like, let's see if he does it. Here's the deal. I have a deal for this kid. And you can you can text him right after this. Okay. He can he can play golf with both you and I. Uh-huh. Okay. If he does one thing, he has to go listen to both of our episodes. And he, I want a full report <laughs> on life lessons and I will pay for his golf and his flight out there. Well, I still want play. him to message on hinge for me. Oh, bro, of course. We'll no, don't tell him this, but I'm saying after he does this, because I agree with you at some point, you know, like I remember my mentor talked about this, like, dude, I remember David Osborne, you know, who David Osborne is right. Oh yeah. 86 revenue streams. Yeah. Dude's a fucking savage. Oh yeah. He, um, he makes people write like book reports, like, and they have to like fully do them. And he's not fucking around. Like, he's like, tell me what you learned from this book. Tell me what, you know, what your life goals are. Like, he's not fucking around. Like, that's what people need to understand. And, and what we've created in society with DMs and everything is everybody feels like they can access everybody. And when they don't respond, they're like, oh, fuck this guy. And I'm like, well, yeah, because there's, there's no barriers anymore. Yeah. I mean, well, one, I didn't understand it either. I can't imagine what someone who has 500,000 or a million followers has. I only have like 130,000. Can you imagine how many messages they get? I can't. I'm so curious how they deal with it. If any of them have strategies or it's just a lost cause. But what I also tell people when they DM me, like I made a post on, on TikTok a couple of weeks ago, got a lot of hate, but it was probably one of my most viral posts in like a month. And it was about virtual assistants. I probably had 50 virtual assistants DM me on Instagram. I have a template. I just respond back the same thing to every one of them where I say, send me a selfie video and send me an email with an example of your past work. Literally the same thing. And I send the same subject line. So I have a folder. You know how many people do it? Three yeah. people did it. Three people did it. Okay. And they were horrible, but it doesn't matter. At least I respect those people that, that did it. But it's just like, it's just that that's like a cheap way. It's an easy way. But anyway, so so then for someone listening, if they want something tactical, if you send a selfie video to someone that you're trying to get in, in contact with, that'll be 10 times more well-received than just a blind message. Hey, I'm gonna, I heard you on this pod, whatever. I'm going to give them even, I'm going to give them something more tactical that they don't understand. When, when you get around enough wealthy people like you and I do, especially people that are in the game for a minute and you want to really get in their circle, mm-hmm. understand that the value that you're going to bring to them doesn't mean shit to them because they have everything, right? Wait <laughs> yeah. for it, wait for it, wait for it. But you know what matters to them? Their kids, their wife. Damn. And so if you find something that you can give gift to their kid, that kid smiles, boom, you're done, bro. But they're trying to buy yeah. some wealthy guy. Dude, when I visited this top tier investor in uh, Arizona and I spent the day with him, I spent 180 bucks and I rented a 1964 Cadillac DeVille on 20s because he was obsessed with Cadillacs. And I showed up to his office with that. He goes, what the fuck is this? And he, I go, this is what we're driving projects with today. And he's like, get out of here. And, and I, he goes, why did you do this? And I go, because when I left here today, you're going to know that Austin Lindy was fucking here. And he That's told that story different. to like 60 people. 
Yeah. Like what is this 180 bucks? Come on guys. It is tough though, because it's like your classic, you know, inch wide mile deep scenario or dilemma. You know, there's so many well, people that you, know you can what reach Thompson out to. Said, you know what Hunter Thompson says? And Adam, my buddy lives by this. Hunter Thompson says the problem that you're, you're dealing with is you're following too many people. That's he goes, it. pick, he picked two or three people that you really like and just add value to them. You're trying to do it to 70 people instead of two. That's the difference. That is spot on. Like, like that just reminded me when I was looking for, at the time, I thought a multifamily mentor, I just made a list of 10 people and I was going to send each of them a 10 minute or five minute, just talking head video, telling them all the things that I'd be able to do or not able to do, but willing to do or offer up to do. And the first one that I sent it to ended up responding, Joe Fairless. And that was like, but I had a list of 10 people. I didn't have, you know, 10,000. So you're right. That definitely would make it easier for people to just narrow down who's doing what I want to do and then become obsessed with bringing them value. You will have no problem finding your Mount Rushmore of mentors and you're trading time. You're not trading money. You can get a mentor for free that way, you know, and it's, it's effective, but you're right. I think people are going too wide. I love it. So if people want to find out about your amazing TikTok videos and your dances that you do on TikTok and all that stuff, how would they do that? All I'm pushing right now is YouTube. Forget oh, TikTok, forget Instagram, oh forget my goodness. everything. I'm about to go hard. December, starting in December, we're, the focus The is only YouTube. thing I would like, if anyone wants to get in touch, would be to check out YouTube channel. I'll give you the link, Austin, but just search my name on YouTube. I put out two videos a week. One is a talking head on something tactical, informative that you can take action with immediately right after if it's buying your first Airbnb, hiring your first virtual assistant, flipping your first property, step-by-step. Austin knows I'm not fluff. Everything we do, we turn into a process so that we can either train someone else or sell it as a strategy or teach it. So that's that. We do a podcast on there as well. But anyone that checks that out, I do have some goodies and giveaways for people that check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, so if you check out any of the videos and comment and DM me a screenshot on Instagram, I will send you our free Airbnb tools. This is our furniture checklist, our deal analyzer checklist, and our lender comparison. So that's it. YouTube. If you want to check out TikTok, yeah, it's funny and it's stupid and you'll see some weird ass shit. You know, but I would say if you're looking to connect more and get more of like comprehensive stuff, YouTube for sure. And uh, there's a lot more coming there. Awesome. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, send it out to your friend, share it with somebody that'll enjoy it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Austin. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Linney. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.